What's up, world? My fellow Americans, I'm Cameron Roth, official 2020 presidential hey. candidate. It's out there. The race is on. We're playing the game, so please keep them donations coming. Here with CJ, the day slayer, and my uh, campaign advisor. So today we're going to be discussing about a topic that CJ was very passionate about, <laughs> and that's pretty much um, funding Israel, why we fund Israel, and... Um, everything around that nature is there anything you want to lead with this uh discussion chris is i know it's such a hot button issue when it comes to politics and socially in america and i'm trying to understand why and why haven't we adjusted to the times do we really still need to fund israel like we do now that is an interesting that's an interesting question or or concept because it's like typically with funding it's like you're supposed to be funding towards an, an end exactly you know? and my understanding we've already spent uh, collectively a hundred billion dollars towards funding israel and my understanding is that we fund we give them about 3.3 billion dollars a year in foreign aid like yeah what, what is your research turned out uh, yeah, overall, since we've been doing it since, let's see, World War II, mm-hmm. uh, adjusted for inflation as well, current and non-inflation adjusted dollars, um, it's been $134 billion Wow. Since World War II, and I'll read off some quick stats real quick. Um, $3.1 billion in foreign military financing, which is $815 million is for offshore procurement, 705 million for joint US-Israeli missile defense projects, including 92 million for an Iron Dome, which is a missile I've defense. heard about that. Yeah, 221 million for David Sling, 310 million for Arrow 3, and then 82 million for Arrow 2. So um, can I ask you something about that? What was your numbers for the Iron Dome again? Uh, Iron Domes, including 92 million for the Iron Dome. Because I've heard a different stat that it was now that total is about 700 million. For yeah, the Iron Dome. in total, like they just kind of broke up all the missile defense projects. Okay, okay. So in total, yeah, you're right, 705 million. In so total. what is the um what is David's sling? Like I get Iron Dome, the concept of it is like it's anti ballistic missiles or something like that. But what is David's sling? Um I have no idea. I'm gonna look it up real quick. I mean biblically I know what it is. It's the sling that's slown the, the giant Goliath, but like from um, a twenty first weapons perspective, I'm not too sure what that is. Uh let's see it's something about I seen Raytheon, one of our defense contractors. It looked like partnering with them. Yeah, uh, medium to long range. Uh, let's see, tactical ballistic missiles, mm. cruise missiles. So it's replacing like some old missile technology. Okay, so it's an upgrade. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, medium to long range air ballistic missiles and surface to air missiles. I think that's what it's showing. So, yeah. Um, 
these are the ones I will break down these that I did find interesting. Like okay. the 7.5 million for migration and refugee assistance. I find that interesting because 7.5 million. Uh-huh. And then the 4 million for US Israel Center of Excellence in Energy and Water Technologies, which I can kind of see that one. That would be not I don't see that as a bad funding project. Okay. Because they could develop technology for that reason because of their climate and their terrain. So that makes a lot of sense. Granted, we can do it here too because the US has That's a very geography. But, you know, um energy program two million for that. Uh, let's see. Reauthorization of war reserve stock allies Israel. So I think they said they got access to like all this military stuff. It's, it's, I've heard about that too. There's a supposed to be like a cache or a weapon yeah. supply for emergency uses. If like, you know, if it hits the fan, they have all these weapons stock, a stockpile that they can access or something along those lines. So, from what I've heard, a lot, the majority is going towards military spending. Yeah. And I guess we can get into our questions. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's do uh, that. You want me to let's... go first? Um, sure. Go ahead, throw one at me. All right, hold on. I got yours written right here. Okay. What programs could the money we give to Israel be used in our country? Where would where would you divert that? All that money. <laughs> me personally. Yeah. Wow. I mean, um, you see the gaps where um, we can beef up, um, you see where we, we need money, the education system, obviously, we could pump it into, <laughs> and I, that's nowhere near enough for reparations, so I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even suggest that, nor for yeah. healthcare, but yeah. I'm pretty sure there's 3.3 billion, uh, there's, we can do a, a lot with that, specifically, uh, mm. I, I'm trying to think what I would do with it personally um maybe i'm because i'm a bit biased yeah as being a military veteran i would do something substantial for military veterans if it only to um lay the foundation for skyward yeah 3.3 billion would go towards that if only to feed every american and uh for a year yeah then yeah i, I would do that but okay. there's so much that needs to be done at home. It's uh, it's baffling that we, we send so much aid overseas, and we don't have a, um, a a a sound reason why. Like, what is the <laughs> biggest benefit? What are we what are we gaining from that? But who could say? Can I have throw one out? Yeah. Or maybe that will be my question for you then. Okay. Like uh, so, how much does aiding Israel help the U.S.? More specifically, why should the people care? How can how can we rationalize a three point three billion dollar cost to the American people? I don't know. So I know it's a three pronged question, but perhaps we could just lead off of the the last one. Like, if you got to say, hey, we're spending three point three billion dollars over here in Israel, how do you break it down to the coal miners? Who, how do you break it down to to the people in the hood? How do you how do you break it down to the poor people? How do you justify it to them? I don't think like, you can honestly. Like just listening to you ask the question, I'm like, how do you justify spending this in another country? Mm -hmm. 
politically and geopolitically, I guess you can say empire maintenance. Empire maintenance, please elaborate. Um, you got to understand the strategic position of Israel. Mm-hmm. So you know they're basically in the Persian Gulf. Yeah. They're basically surrounded by our enemies slash allies and partners like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, all these different countries. So to have an ally right in there, granted, we have all these military installations and stuff like that. It's nothing like having a sovereign nation that can react quicker to any, say, threat or aggression or have more boots on the ground as far as intelligence, human intelligence, mm. to see what's going on. Now, there are... I think that's the biggest reason why we fund Israel. That's my opinion. Now, there are there are some sides that say that Israel may even be uh, instigating a lot of the, the hostilities that are in that region. Now, um, wow, on, on that same question... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I suppose there's the, the biblical side of it. Okay. Now, um, there's there's always been... It's no secret America is a Christian nation. Arguably, they, they have some um, ethics that are outside of Christianity, but they identify as a Christian nation. The presidents yeah. swear in on the Bible. So it's... Um, although there is church and state, there seems to be... Uh, that seems to be a factor. So I asked a buddy of mine, he's a biblical scholar, and he provided some scriptures that okay. support um that support why america may be supporting israel so if you look at genesis 12 1 through 3 now the lord had said unto abraham get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that i will shew thee and i will make of thee a great nation and i will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and i will bless them that bless thee you get that last part, and I will bless them that bless thee. Basically, so, for us helping them, we're getting blessed at the same time. And that's how people are, I, I guess that's an interpretation of the scripture, which is a justification of why so much support is going to, to Israel. So there's another one, Numbers 24, 8 through 9. God brings him out of Egypt and is for him like the horns of the wild ox. He shall eat up of the... No, he shall eat up the nations, his adversaries, and shall break their bones in pieces and pierce through them with his arrows. He crouched, he lay down like a lion, like a lioness, who will rouse him up. Blessed are those who bless you and cursed are those who curse you. So again, you have the whole... um, blessing Israel, you shall be blessed, all that good stuff. That's a reoccurring theme. Um, you see that the sitting president, Donald Trump, recently declared that, um, how do you say, Jerusalem, the capital, and there's a lot of, um, it's the best way to say, people <laughs> are supporting Israel for a lot of their, their, their own beliefs. Gotcha. You know, for religion seems to have a, a part into it. But my, um, excuse me, I don't want to say my theory, at least what my research has, has led me to believe is that there's good money, there's good business in funding their military, they're kind of keeping 
and I don't want to say they're keeping the Middle East stable. It's like, yeah. as you mentioned, it's like, yeah, we have resources out there. We got troops on the ground. They're supposed to be top notch with the uh, with their intel gathering. What's their um, is it the Mossad? I think so. That's their I intel Confused. I think it's the Mossad for Israel. I, 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 yeah, it could be. I'm not too certain, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I get you have that at. You have boots out there on the ground. You also have resources like they have the same type of weapons that we have. They mm-hmm. have nuclear weapons as well. Now, something they're saying is like, oh, a lot well, of people are saying. Well, it's firm or deny from what I understand. They mm-hmm. keep pretty neutral about their nuclear weapons. Okay. I would assume they have them, though, because they just play it close to the best. It's just being strategic. I agree. But it's like um, Israel is so well armed, and their neighbors are not. So it's like, isn't yeah. it isn't it overkill to uh, to send so much? Like they already have, they already have one of the finest uh, air forces, you know, second to the United States Air Force, of course. But what what else do they need? I don't know. It's a, just an interesting question. And like, how are, I guess the other thing I'm kind of interested in is why are more Americans kind of a little bit outraged about this in a way, along with obviously spending money in the other regions like Afghanistan, the never ending occupation. That's a whole nother podcast, but just <laughs> to put it in the same kind of pot. I mean, how are you not kind of outraged about, well, damn, we're giving them money. We got all these problems here, like infrastructure, transportation, education. You're absolutely right. You know, now, environmental three, three, yeah. billion, three billion into that would do a, do a lot of good. Yeah. Um, what other questions do you have? Let's see. You want to fire one at me? Yeah. Um, yeah we kind of knocking everything out, to be honest, with the questions a lot. Um, do you can you think of any other countries we give financial aid to? Yeah, there's actually like a long list of them now. Another source was saying that we give Afghanistan a lot, a substantial mm. amount of aid. That's true, I've seen it firsthand. As far as like giving you uh, the list of like rattling it off the top of my head, I cannot do that at the moment, but we can do a Google search and trim the fat. Yeah, I know um, they get the most out of any foreign nation. I think we tend to do a lot of other transactional partnerships with other countries like Japan and South Korea. Those are two I can think off the top of my head with having our bases over there, basically. But that's advantage uh, advantageous to us. Foreign yeah. aid by country. Who is getting the most? So this is from consensususa.org. Let's see what they're talking about. Please give me a pie chart. Give me a pie chart. <laughs> Those are hard to come by. They've given me a pie chart. Yes. Well, they've given me a pie chart, but it's only for like where it goes, not to the country. So it's like they're saying 11% goes to political uses. 16% goes to humanitarian and 38% goes towards development and 35% goes to security. 
Mm. Ooh, okay. So they didn't get I didn't get my pie chart, but I did get a bar graph. So top countries that receive US foreign aid and this is in 2016. Okay. So our, take your take your guess though. Uh Israel Who's leading on top. Huh? Israel is on there. Top three, it should be. Oh, they're definitely in the top three, but who do you think made number one? Uh, I'm not sure because we're in a couple different regions now. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Chances are one of your Air Force buddies has done a combat tour there. Uh, not, huh. Not Afghanistan. Afghanistan? Nope. Number two. Yep. Iraq, and this is in 2016. They're saying Iraq received about $4.3 billion. Afghanistan got 4.2. Israel got 3.1, the usual. And next was Egypt with 1.3. Jordan got 1.2. Pakistan, 988 million. Ethiopia, 967 mil. Kenya, 894. Syria, 648. And South Sudan, 614 million. Interesting. That list I wasn't expecting. I could kind of expect where we occupy, but the other countries like Sudan and Ethiopia, I wouldn't have expected that. Even though I, mean, I know uh, people. I didn't expect that either. Um, it's hard, man, because we're already covering pretty much most of our questions. Um, I guess you just hit me with your questions because those are the other questions we got left. We pretty much already burned through your questions already. No, I still got this one. Um, Is funding... uh, Is funding... (laughs) Is the funding going towards a solution or will this be a perpetual thing? And what I mean like... Okay, go ahead. Okay, so they're saying like we're funding Israel particularly for their military yada 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 but are we going is this going to be like a perpetual war like they're never going to make peace in the middle east and we just got to keep forking them three point whatever billion dollars a year until eternity or hey are we eventually going to refine we've we've come to a, a conclusion we found a way to you know to resolve whatever's going on and we no longer need all this aid because if it's not it's, it's gonna go on forever what do you think I don't see them forfeiting <laughs> getting aid. It would come down to us cutting it off. And maybe so then, being a business partner like we are with Saudi Arabia with weapons and military equipment. So then here's what you must consider. If it's, well, I don't want to speculate, but if it's in mm-hmm. their interest financially to get keep the funding coming, then it's really in no one's interest to uh, and the conflict that's going on in, in the Middle East is actually beneficial to keep the whole shebang going. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I can see some solutions with technology. Okay. They seem to, they seem to pump out technology pretty quickly, like with agriculture. I remember they did some really cool project with that. I don't know the name off the, of the top of my head. Mm-hmm um something kind of like with hydroponics but something where you don't need as much water but you can still yield crops and stuff like that um weapons technology obviously like the uzi um desert eagle i believe came from, yeah that um from israel this other gun it's uh called an iwi 
that's an Israeli type rifle. Um, obviously, there's special forces and some of the top in the in the world. You know how they train. Um, they're like our little cousin as far as like military readiness. I would say. But um, I, I do admire that they um, they mandate that everyone do uh, some time of service yeah. in the military. That's something I, I do I do like that concept. Uh, and it's not like um yeah. it's not like you're doing a full enlistment. My understanding That's is like true. two years. Yes. Yeah, now two what years. about the Korean um the Don't Korean years, I thought years? it was two years yeah. as well. Yeah, it might be. South That's a, two years is a, it's a walk on the park. It's, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Now but at the same time, at, got a year and a half, basically. You're right. But think about all the benefits, the discipline, and and, and I don't know. I, I like, I admire the concept, and of course, we can't do it in, in America, but <laughs> they're already trying to get rid of selective service as is, I think. Or I mean, really? Or I think it was to make women do selective service. Eligible, they'd be eligible for it as well. Yeah. I mean, we're going towards equal rights, equal opportunity. I support it. Um, And here's what you got to consider. If we're using a draft, it's only because it's really hit the fan and we need every uh, able individual to, you know, to to help with the war efforts. But back to to Israel, man. You mentioned World War II before. That's when we started giving them aid. Now, my understanding is during World War II, it was like um, America and the Brits, we were running out of money, at least for bombs and munitions and and all that good stuff. So my understanding, there were a lot of wealthy Jews who were like, they kind of bankrolled it. They they gave us some money. And then they were like, they, I guess, part of the bargain. And I'm just paraphrasing what I, I learned in my world politics class many eons ago but they were bargaining like we, we want a homeland and I do believe we offered some land in Arizona it was like kind of like almost like Israel but they yeah. declined that and I do believe there's another offer somewhere up north near Canada that was also declined as well and they mentioned that they want that piece of land there and we arranged that and they became Israel that, I could be totally wrong, but that's what I recall. I've read something like that too. Basically, carved out Israel for Israel. So it's like <laughs> I, I totally see that, and it's like, hey, we've been we we funded you guys because you, the the Jews helped us out during World War Two, and I totally see that, and I, I'm I'm very sure the America American nation is grateful for, for that. But how long do we gotta do we gotta do that? Like, <laughs> good question. I mean, it's just very slippery and sticky with this because I feel like it's already served its purpose. What else? What else are you funding? Like, if they can't establish their own economy and trade, I think mm-hmm. part of it too is, I think, and this is speculation. I'll mm-hmm. say speculating. The U.S. doesn't want. Israel to go as a free agent because you got to think if we say cut their aid off, Israel's on the market now. Okay. With For their what? technology, with their agricultural technology, mm. I'm not saying countries don't have it, but they are one of the leading 
cutting edge and technology stuff like you know robotics especially anything dealing with warfare military mm -hmm. cutting edge with that stuff and you think about a lot of small nations that could use some of that stuff i'm not saying they're not already dealing with these nations but to be a true free agent well damn you know uncle sam's not shipping in no more so I, I do believe you're right because i heard from uh, we are like one of their biggest customers for mm -hmm. arms so that's um you brought up a very valid point on that it's very interesting so if we had to make a hypothesis you could say the funding is more it, it's a business arrangement at the end of the day or at least that's what our research has conclu concluded yeah. now it's like um again like i, I really want to try to believe that there's some way there's some rationale for the american people like that it works out in their interests what do you think that is? We may have to reach for the stars on this one, but I'm sure we can we can pluck at something. I think going back to what I said earlier, it's just that boots on the ground, eyes and ears right there in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. I think if you ask more, I, you would. I would be curious to ask the Jewish community like what they think about it. Now the Jewish American community, or like the. Both. I would be curious to see the Jewish American community and, you know, Israelis like from the homeland, like actually mm -hmm. there, living there now. What are their thoughts on all this military aid and everything? Because they're pretty much a superpower in their homeland. You know, you have the, was it Gaza Strip? I don't know if I'm saying that right. The Palestinians that on the top So, and you, I remember you shared the video and it was going over all these quick facts about this and it's kind of like you're hitting ants with a sledgehammer <laughs> in a sense. It's asinine. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's like, like uh, you have all this sophisticated weaponry to fight guys with little rockets and stuff and that's your, your, your analogy is seems very correct and that's what I'm saying. It's like you already have an arsenal built up like well, what, what else do you need? Well, I think uh, another question I asked for you, uh -huh. I said is, if money were no object, mm -hmm. how would you broker peace in the Middle East? Because if we don't, then we're just going to be all this perpetual spending towards a, you know, a never-ending war. So how would, how, what type of deal would you broker? Ooh, this is going to... They, they need you, they need you, CJ, for the Iran deal, but we need you for, we need you for Israel as well, so... All right, so I would reduce aid. I would keep business partnerships, mm -hmm. but I would reduce aid. Interesting. Um, now, Saudi Arabia has a lot of human rights violations that I don't agree with, but we're so heavy in bed with them because of the oil situation. Um, granted, we have our own resources. We don't really technically need it but it's better to use theirs than ours in case we needed it. Okay. Um, I think the human rights thing bothers me about Saudi Arabia because it's like they're, they, they balance it well because they, perception-wise, they're developing, they're giving women more rights, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. They're changing their mentality on a lot of social issues, but they still, like, execute people and, like, Aren't they still cutting people's hands off for I like so. and, and such? Yeah, I think. I'm not sure exactly, but with Iran, I feel like if we can get all of them to get 
to the come to the table because they're mortal enemies, Saudi Arabia and Iran. Mm. So I think that would be interesting. I think if you put, I know this is kind of like trolling, but I would definitely want to get an agreement with Iran and get that popping, that relationship going. But also Saudi Arabia, from what I remember, has a lot of U.S. assets, like commercial real estate and I do recall investments and stuff like that. So it's kind of tricky. Like it's almost to the point where we would have to buy that stuff back to have regain our leverage to negotiate. Hey, we just gonna do business with y'all. We don't necessarily support you guys. Who with the Saudi Arabia or with Israel? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would do it. Both. What do you think that would result in? Because there's going to be some sort it's of gap, some, some sort of, as you yeah. mentioned, if we cut too much aid from Israel, they're going to find other business partners. Like, what do you think that would result in? Who would they be dealing with? And particularly uh, Israel and both Saudi Arabia, because you're, you're making adjustments within both. Uh, I think I could see Israel being more isolationist mm. if we cut off that aid because they don't have that backup. You know what I'm saying? And that would be tricky for them. I think they would stay in a constant state of war, which they kind of are anyway. That's what I'm saying. That's already seems to be the case. My thing is, how do you end the war? And I suppose that's bad for business, but I have to to end it. But if if that were the objective, how Uh would you go about doing it? Now, like, how's the relationship? Um, I'm more specifically referring to to Palestine and Israel. You got to bring them to sit down at the table and say, dude, like, I think the leverage, like in that video, suggested something very interesting. It's like, yo, cut off aid. They will be forced to have to deal with the Palestinians in a more civil way. I mean, they can also flip out and like just demolish them because they like, we're kind of like <laughs> the buffer for them not totally exterminating them. Really? You think that we have? Because my understanding is that the there are certain uh, media groups who who say Israel has committed war crimes and we have oh yeah absolutely little intervention or, or little public intervention that I'm aware of it's kind of like uh we turn a blind eye because of our arrangement we mm-hmm. like we're not gonna tell you and it, it's it's kind of a hypocrisy of it because it's like well <laughs> all the stuff we do abroad mm-hmm we ignore this human rights stuff, but now all this other stuff going on because we're, you know, business partners and comrades and stuff. Just right. like Saudi Arabia, same concept. So I... Because I hear they got some skeletons as well. Yeah, it's bad. Like... <laughs> You're killing religious leaders in your country because they're speaking out against you. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, they're, not everybody has a constitution like ours, Bill of Rights and all that. Right. Understandable. But I think it should be one of those things where you treat, you let everybody run their country how they run their country. That's me personally, how I feel. <laughs> I don't think you should interfere. I think there should be election. some. Uh, I think there should be some basic guidelines, as you mentioned, bills of rights and, and what have you. I think all humans across the globe are entitled to the same amount, yeah. uh, the same type of rights. I would agree with that. I guess that's what the UN's for, right? To some extent, I guess. UN NATO, Geneva Convention, like all that, the uh I forgot the other one. There's so many of those agreements and stuff, but I don't know, man. It's really I would definitely all right, so I'm gonna just run through it real quick. Iran okay. become better partners with them. Mm-hmm. Economic package, lift the embargo, 
get on some infrastructure deals, tourism, boom, all that technology. Let's get that rolling. Um, work with them, renegotiate with Saudi Arabia say, listen, it's come a time where we got to do our own thing. We still want our main business partners, but we're not going to be as heavily involved. But the tricky thing is we got bases there. What are we going to do with those bases? Um, that's what I hear diplomacy, um, that countries tend to do diplomatically to go against the United States. For instance, um, I do believe, oh no, I, that's vice versa. We do that diplomatically to harm other nations. Like for instance, uh, remember Rhine Mine? Yeah. In, in Germany? Germany? Turn that back over to the Germans. Yeah, now my understanding is that that kind of hurt the German economy because, you know, essentially a base is a little town. And when that base dries up, you know, it's all the little jobs that came from supporting the base, supporting your troops and stuff like that, they're now null and void. And for us closing, I think we would keep our bases there because it would be strategic. It would be very strategic to have I don't see Saudi Arabia going along with that, though. If we're cutting off while we deal with them, like certain aspects, Mm -hmm. I don't see them continuing that. Or it'll be a higher price of the base. Like, it might be like year to year, we have to renegotiate a lease or whatever. Hmm. That would change. I know that would change. If we call them out on this stuff, say, hey, we still want to do business with you guys. We don't like how you do things. We're going to cut stuff back. Mm -hmm. But we still want to keep our bases here. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I don't see that flying. Can't have your cake and eat it too, huh? Uh, Iraq and Afghanistan withdraw. Like it's it's a no brainer for me. But well, I know it would take time, and you have to do it responsibly. But I don't really think we really have a purpose to stay there in perpetual terms. But there's the opium. Ninety percent of the world's opium comes from Afghanistan, and surely, like uh, that's a multi-billion-dollar uh, cash crop, like yeah, for but the United you, States to, to maintain a presence there would. We'll set up a great bit of pharmaceutical leverage. companies or something, but not Pharma- true. Pharmaceutical mercenaries. Y- yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather have them than. That's true a possibility. Company. Now, I believe what is his name, Eric Prince. Yeah. Was he was the name? one who proposed uh, Blackwater's former CEO? Yeah, well, I know he changed the name like several times trying to X, shake off. Did they change it to XI or something? I don't recall. But anyways, there's a private security company that proposed X amount of billions. They get a contract to manage Afghanistan and do just that. Exactly what you mentioned. Like mm-hmm. to withdraw the troops and let private security handle that. And I, to some extent, I think that's a good idea. However... There's no uh, Geneva Conventions exactly. really regulating um, private security, and that could be a whole uh, mess pot of worms if this uh, were to be unleashed. But at the same time, as you mentioned, it would allow us to uh, withdraw. Also, for people that don't know, haven't been in the military, Geneva Conventions, like in layman's terms, basically agreement, like when you're engaged in warfare between nations, you don't do basically illegal stuff in war. You don't cheat in war, per se. Like you don't attack medics, you don't attack religious mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you, you don't wear the enemy's Christmas. uniform. Yeah, you treat to, uh... war with dignity and respect. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't use certain kind of ammunition. Um, 
Yeah, man. And then LOAC too, Laws of Arms. Laws of Armed Conflict. Yeah. That's another one. Same concept, like to shoot or not to shoot. You know, like these Rules are things. Of engagement. Yeah, right. we're talking about. So for people that haven't been in the military. So I don't know. I want to take a shot at. Okay. Bringing peace in the Middle East. Yeah. How would you bring peace to the Middle East in the Cameron Ra administration? Well. That's a good question. I'll, let me ask you a question. How's the relationships with Iran and Israel? I don't think it's, yeah, they're kind of like enemies too, from what I understand. Right, it's, yeah. It's, are their relations better? Is, is Iran cooler with Israel than they are with Saudi Arabia? Arabia. Uh, probably a little bit. They're cooler with Israel. Much. Interesting. My, interesting. I think it's like, because I just, I, you know the one little clip I sent you where it was talking about what happened if Israel went to war with Iran? I think I sent you that. I don't remember. I watched it. Um, yeah, they're pretty evenly matched up for the mm-hmm. most part. Iran would probably defeat them, but... Iran would, would defeat Israel or something? Yeah, they're a little bit bigger than the military-wise. No. Yeah. Our $3 billion that are funding Israel? Uh, yeah. I forgot what Iran had more of than Israel. It was like tanks and ships or something. Yeah, I think it was like naval stuff. Really? That's where they had find that hard to believe. Interesting. I had to see that clip. I watched it a while back. I'm gonna see if you skim through it and see if you did send it to it, but um I don't know man. Um how to broker peace in the Middle East. Um That's tough. Said money is no object, right? Um, I suppose the the main thing you would have to do is find a way to offset the military spending, right? Because it's like, essentially, war in the Middle East is good for business, at least on the Israel side and the American side. And I would arguably say that Saudi Arabia is making some, some money off that too. Is Iran benefiting off of it though? Not really. They do, like in that clip, suggested. Well, I watched another clip. Them and Saudi Arabia are always engaged. Since they don't like each other, they use mm-hmm. proxy wars. Basically, they use factions of people who don't like each other to fight each other. And they finance both sides. Yeah, they fund us. They fund us each exactly. side. So they I tend mean, to do that a lot. So Iran seems to have that. Um, my understanding is don't they control a lot of the, how the oil gets shipped? And I know Saudi Arabia is not really dependent on oil. They got their own. Yeah, like, I think that does. Yeah, they route. Couldn't then, they? Now, what about Israel? Do where do they get their oil from? That's a good question. Um, because I'm thinking that would be a start if you can broker some sort of deal with uh, with between Iran and Saudi Arabia to get. I'm sorry, uh, between Iran and Israel. Yeah to get them uh, cheaper fuel to offset the price of the, you know, the, the bloody proxy wars and, and such. Maybe that would be a start. And then you would have to find something, another way to appease Saudi Arabia. I really can't think of it at the moment, but this whole piece in the Middle East is uh, quite a complex Rubik's Cube. What do you got there? Um. Okay, overall, it looks like significant imports have come from, this is like, years ago but just to give you a general concept where israel gets their oil from angola mm-hmm. colombia mexico egypt norway and mm-hmm. russia and kazakhstan 
So they're pretty diverse in their um, yeah their utilities. That's interesting. Well, I don't think um I don't think I can uh, can answer that question at the moment. I'm it's like a stab at it, trying to broker some sort of deal with with oil and and whatnot. But I believe it's more complicated than that. But I, I would say this: a okay. start. I totally agree with you. A start would be to decrease the funding. So it's not like you can say, "Hey, we can back, we can count on America to finance this war perpetuity." No, like, you, listen, we'll get you one more year of this round. You guys better find out how to end this, how to end this fighting, end this war, because you ain't getting no more. And you're gonna be fighting on, uh, you're gonna be fighting with a skeleton crew because we're, we're not doing any more funding. We need to fix America. Not, yeah. Let me rephrase that. We need to upgrade America. That's number one priority. And um, after that, then we'll we will enhance the world. But until the that's uh that's all I got. Um, I guess I'll throw out one other thing, and it's okay. kind of I guess radical. I would talk to, I would focus more on uh, Iran and Palestine. Okay. Get Palestine up and running. Get them to be, become a developing country. Get all their basic needs taken care of. Um, get them going. Uh, it would be dicey because instantly Israel is going to be pissed off. <laughs> Why? Bullshit. Because you're trying to enhance Palestine? Yeah, but I think you would have not leverage for them. I think something about, I think, giving Palestine near just due and just letting them get a start on just having normal life. Mm-hmm would be a very boss move on that one very strategic move and then like i said with the iran thing go ahead and like open that thing up and see what happens saudi arabia would be pissed off but that's another trade partner true you know what i'm saying they've been frozen out for like 40 years like they're gonna be happy to jump at the chance to economically boom i'm pretty sure it'll be some friction in the beginning because they're gonna be kind of pissed off like well dad you froze us out now you want to let us in <laughs> but I think those two better late than never. Yeah, I think those two things would be the key, and then with the other suggestion of putting private military into Afghanistan and just go ahead and build plants over there for pharmaceuticals. I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. Um, come in with a coalition. Don't just be the U.S. Do like Switzerland and like a coalition of countries to do it. So it's not though? just you're all talking about for the security or you're talking nah, about for the pharmaceutical stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. security too, maybe, but I mean I'm pretty sure other countries wouldn't do it because Man, they... you know America wants to be the plug. Yeah. They wanna so... share they wanna share the cash crop with the rest of the world. You gotta get it through us. I think that'd be a little more sensible though. If you're gonna do it, share the wealth. I mean, who's gonna mm-hmm. get mad at that? It depends now, will these other nations because you already see how we divvy up the tab for NATO. Are they yeah. gonna be making fair contributions or is this just gonna be like Oh yeah, you gotta be invested. If we're offering and you know I dislike saying it, but I'm just trying to get our troops out of this area. Mm-hmm. And I know you gotta trade for something. So if you get the troops out, you gotta at least establish corporate something there to satisfy the lobbying. And even though I would like to abolish that, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but you would have to establish at least that, like, all right, we're taking the troops out, but we're putting corporate headquarters for pharmaceuticals here. We also want a coalition of other I countries. I wouldn't quite say the, the corporate headquarters, but... Um... Not headquarters, but, like, 
subsidiaries or whatever, you know, like whatever. The harness the raw materials and what, whatnot. Yeah, also give Afghanis jobs, you know. Mm, now, mm. I like so that. Economy. I like that. That um, is something to consider uh, as well. You you mentioned uh, building the plants on site rather than, you know, just getting it in. I don't even know where half this stuff is manufactured. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe contract like same thing. Basic needs like schools, uh, mosques, um, grocery stores, like mm-hmm. vehicles, like get other people from the global community to hey you can do this you can do that like kind of give out work assignments like Mm. do this do this do this everybody eats hopefully but you got to kind of let the afghanis lead but you say hey this is in your best interest Mm -hmm. boom boom, we're getting the war stuff out of here and we're all about economic growth now and we get you out of the stone age That might be a possible same thing with Palestine and then with Iran. I think those would be the key three things to do. And then you would have to focus on Syria and then get Libya back right and Iraq as well. You would kind of follow the same programs like we were doing with Afghanistan and with um, Palestine. I think sounds, that would work. Sounds like it's gonna take more than uh, one term. Yeah. <laughs> And it would take everybody agreeing with this. But I don't see why you... I know people are going to disagree, but I don't see why you would turn this down because it benefits everybody. I see it. So that's that's my conclusion on that. That's what I think. Well, that was definitely an interesting conversation. I think we we, we handled that delicately. Hope you don't piss anybody off. But um, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, the American people could use some additional aid. And Absolutely. we got to start justifying how we're spending uh, these dollars overseas, particularly when we have, what, 50 million people starving? Well, not quite starving, but can't get food in America. Half a million people are homeless in America. We got to uh, upgrade America first before we tackle the rest of the world. And um, I concur. Yeah. So until the next episode, everybody. Catch y'all later. Peace out. Peace. Ha, ha, ha.